Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Sean is out. He's uh, he's going to... he's. I keep having to explain this more than I probably should. So Sean is out. <laughs> you should change to, the story every single time, yes, Seth. He's going to John Lopez's son's uh, wedding this weekend, as am I, but I'm still in. But Sean's got some other things <laughs> planned. Plus, there's like a, there's a pre-party on Friday night that I won't be going to that Sean wants to be at. Yeah. It's up in up in New York City. So um, that's, that's one of the reasons I'm still here. So we have the uh, presence of John Harris today, Sean Bajani tomorrow. And, John, I know uh, obviously you were there uh, and I was listening to the coordinators speak yesterday. The two new ones most notably, um, Matt Burke, the defensive coordinator, and Bobby Sloak, the offensive coordinator. And I got, I got way more excited than I thought I would, and a lot of it had to do with more just this feeling that I keep getting where, all right, I, I think a lot of coaches in the past – Let's see, Bill O'Brien maybe talked about alignment, and I never quite actually felt it. Um, I did I did really feel it from Slowick and Matt Burke, and I felt it from uh, I felt it from Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans. This very quickly is just Bobby Slowick talking about how they're going to build their offense and on what basis it's uh, it's based. You know, we're we're an offense built on precision. Um, everybody kind of working together in unison, on time, in rhythm. That's the starting point, but it's not any one given position. We see how it all fits. Okay, so now that got me excited just because of this. Um, I, I've seen so many instances with new football coaches, you know, and I would include, uh, it, I, you know, various coordinators with the Texans in the past. Mike Vrabel, I think, in his first year as coordinator with the Texans. Um, new, new coordinators, new head coaches, where they just try to do too much all at once. Yep. And, you know, Richard Smith, when he was the defensive coordinator for the Texans back in 2006, it was, we, couldn't get the, we couldn't get 11 guys on the field because we were trying to do so much. Yeah. It was awful. Um, I think Slowick and his emphasis on precision probably directly reflects exactly how D'Amico Ryans feels about things. That it's, you, you can be as brilliant as you want to be, but first and foremost, you have to actually execute properly. And it's as simple as that. Yeah, the word precision I thought was, was an interesting one. And when you think about a San Francisco offense, I mean, everybody gets really caught in the, the flash and dash of the, the skill players and all that, but it's just there's, there's motion, there's shifts, there's trades, there's jet motion, there's orbit motion. There's all, I mean, there's all kinds of motions and things happening, and yet when the ball is snapped, you just watch this fine-tuned machine moving, and you're like, yo, I wish my offense could do that and work yeah. in conjunction with one another, that everything is connected, whether you're a detached tight end, whether you're a flexed-out wide receiver, whether you're the back in the backfield or whatever. 
everything is all connected, and it has to be so precise to end up on that one play. Just that yeah. one play for everything to be moving together, all 11 guys working in concert with one another to pick up five yards. Yeah, and that's where I know it gets frustrating for people sometimes when they wonder why aren't teams, why don't teams use motion more often? Because it's been shown over and over again that pre-snap motion is very, very effective. The answer is it's it's way harder to do than it looks because it ends up somebody screws up, somebody makes one mental error, the guys aren't on the same page, and rarely does it work out the way it did for the Chiefs when they lined up wrong, but Pat Mahomes still scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Like usually, usually it ends up being a turnover or a lost play or something like that. And a lot of it just goes back to that. Like you can install as much as you can up to the level where you can still be precise. Yeah. And, and some yes. coaches lose sight of that when they want to be exogeniuses. I don't think we're going to have to worry about Bobby Slowick like trying to impress everybody with his X's and O's knowledge. I think the fact that he mentioned precision very early in his press conference made me feel a lot better about him as a first-time coordinator. You know, what, what comes to mind, when I, whenever I think of motion, I think about getting absolutely hammered by the Rams in 21 here. There was a stretch of games against the AFC West uh, in that year of 21. And or it was not just AFC West, but it was Buffalo. And you know, the Buffalo game was in pouring down rain. It was just, it was a miserable day. But I remember the Rams distinctly because Bobby Trees, a.k.a. Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup would go in motion. And every time that they would go in motion, they would be right at the spot at the mesh spot between the running back, the quarterback. So you got the quarterback taking a snap at the same time Coop, Coop, uh, Cup or Woods is going across, and then he's putting the ball into the belly of the running back. Now, is that play action? Is yeah. it a handoff? Is it some sort of push pass? And then all of a sudden the motion kind of gets in the way, so you can't quite see it, and it's that split second that you need, and then all of a sudden they ran all day on us. Yeah. And I thought, and you look at that and go, gosh, we could do that, but – to your point, you know how hard that is? Oh, yeah. It's, well, it's so incredibly hard, to, hard yeah. to time that up the same way all the time, and they did it so precise with a guy that had been a quarterback there for a year. It's hard to do, and this is a really hard part of it, is it's hard to do it without the defense getting a beat on it throughout the, the right. game and figuring out, okay, when it's real and when it's fake, when you're running, when you're passing. A lot of that goes back to like the attention of the detail of your receivers. Like A lot of right. that, you can tell – you can tell when uh, a pass isn't a pass when the receivers are completely checked out. You know, like okay, there's no <laughs> yeah. pass right here because the receivers jogged out of the huddle. He's like looking up in the stands as they're lined up, and now all of a sudden the back seven has a feel for exactly. Even if they don't consciously pick it up, they can tell there's no there's no urgency in the passing game, and it's probably going to be a, a run. Like that's the kind of stuff that I know. Kubiak and those guys pay attention to that a lot of the other guys that are want to be exo geniuses don't. Um, the other part that Sloak said is something we've heard a lot, but I just I like hearing about the genuine alignment between Bobby Sloak on the offensive side and D'Amico Ryan's on the defensive side. Here's him talking about what the offense will be like. You know, a lot of the scheme is you have a system, you have a philosophy, um, and for us at the Texans. It kind of is a whole team. It's not just one specific side of the ball. You know, D'Amico always says swarm. That applies to offense also. Everything we want starts with are we fast, are we physical, are we tough? Um, and that, again, is when you turn on the tape of our offense, that's what you want to see. That should be the first thing that jumps out to you. 
Yeah, and uh, so when he says that, turn on the tape immediately, I think of the 49ers. Yep. And like, and this is where I got – I started watching the 49ers halfway through the season because I just wanted to do a little YouTube project about D'Amico Ryans. And, and I fell in love with the team because I started watching them every week, and, and it was just – it was – it was a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. Like, they were just physically bullying people on offense and on defense. And it was – and you talk about precision. Like, in the screen game, mm-hmm. the offensive line – is per, like perfectly placed and aligned out on the perimeter by the time the screen is thrown. Like all of this stuff that puts them in position to physically bully people, and it all goes back to that precision. So it, it was hard for me not to get excited yesterday when Slowick is saying to turn on the film, and I'm thinking about, yeah, yeah. I, I watch these guys on offense, I watch them on defense, and those coaches are really obsessed with putting their players in position to bully other defensive teams or b- bully the opponent. And, like, yeah, I want the Texans to look like that. Yeah, I want, it to, I want the Texans to be a big old bully. I mean, that's yeah. – when he, he said, when you watch us on tape, we want you to feel that. They feel that, that bulliness, if you will, like, yo, this is going to not be fun. And that, I would imagine, is the way that a lot of teams looked at the 49ers when they put the 49er film on – they went, okay, buckle up, Sparky, because they're going to hit us all day. Or yeah, at least that's that what it feels where, like, like. Those are like, yeah, teams that played the 49ers are like winless the next week in their <laughs> games because they were just physically bludgeoned by the 49ers. Yeah, and, and that's what I hope we end up getting to. Um, yeah. We get to that point where we you walk in that building. And, and there was a time where, you know, back in 11 and 12, like especially against that defense, but, I mean, the offense too, it's – it's so interesting. I <laughs> I went back for some reason. I went back on a Saturday one day. I was trying to figure out what to watch. And for some reason, the Atlanta Falcons game from 2011 popped in my head. And I was like, man, I want to go watch this game. And I've got NFL Plus. And so you can go back, I think, all the way to 2009. So I pulled up the 2011 game. Man, that was a different game. I can imagine being a defensive lineman back in those days. Man, you were getting cut on the backside. I mean, Wade and 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 those guys, Wade and Dwayne, are cutting you on the backside of a run, yeah, a zone run yeah. away. I mean, like, holy cow. It's a different game. You're not but, allowed to do that anymore, right? No, yeah. but just watching that defense, and I shouldn't even say that, watching that team and how physical it was, like, you could sense it. Like, man, this game is incredibly physical, and the Texans are the one on top of that. That's the kind of team that I want to see on the field. I want this team to be, you know, the big bully that walks in. You're like, you better, you better buckle up against these guys because it's going to be a long day. But I don't want it to be this just, you know, physical mosh pit, but yet the offense can't do anything because, to your point, Seth, it's not precise. They don't right. look good. They can't use motion. They can't put anybody in any way, shape, or form in a movement capacity because it's just not – uh, it's just not precise, and that's what Bobby Slowick said yesterday. It's interesting because as you were talking, Matt Burke actually said this, and I wish I knew the exact clip, but Matt Burke talked about Jim Jim Schwartz. He talked about Jim Schwartz being his mentor, and he said at, he left Schwartz and he went and he became the defensive coordinator with the Miami Dolphins, and then he got back with Schwartz. So he'd gone to the Bengals and the Dolphins. He got back with Schwartz, I think, at some point, and he said – I realized I was doing too much when he got back with Schwartz. And he yeah. said he had that, that epiphany of, man, I was doing too much. 
And I think that's the one thing, like if I ever went back to coach, that would be the one thing I would keep in mind too because the moment I had when I went from being what I felt was a, you know, a decent coach to being a much better coach was when I realized that, man, I'm giving my players too much to think about to do. We've got to be more precise. We've got to be better at what we do well as opposed to doing all these millions of things. Let's do better at what we do well and see where that puts us. And all yeah. of a sudden, we played faster, we played more physical, and then at that point I was able to add a tiny wrinkle. But that wrinkle, like motion, would end up being something that really paid off in, in a big way. And that was what I learned. And, I, and Matt Burke said that yesterday in his press conference, and I was just, I was just out in the congregation like, Amen! Yeah! Preach! Yes! Well, Less is you know, more! When, Let's do it! When you, when you talk about that preparation of coaches or learning how to be a head coach, it, Kyle Shanahan has had a good run of it. And I think yep. sometimes, I've been guilty of this, sometimes you boil it down to more the, the Kubshanistani scheme yeah. more than anything else where you forget. And I think for a long time people thought of Kyle Shanahan as this, this nice, pleasant-looking boy who's the son of a coach, and uh, he's just he is almost too nice to be a head coach. You start to hear stories about how much he drives his assistant coaches, yeah. and it's there's way more to it. He's a good dude, don't get me wrong. Um, but Slowick talked about how, how how Shanahan prepares his coaches, including himself. Kyle would make sure that you were ready when it was your time, and he put a lot on you in a good way. Um, he would make sure that you were seeing the game he saw, and if you weren't, you would have a conversation. We would talk about it, and, you know, again, it really enabled you to grow as a coach, which was uh, – I was very fortunate to be in that spot. You know, and, and, and one other thing he talked about, too, yesterday was him and D'Amico coming in at the same time as quality control coaches. And, and D'Amico – Sounding very much like, yeah, he went through like he was any other quality control coach, not D'Amico Ryan's, the former NFL player, right. and like and got that indoctrination into things of working at the bottom level. And it was cool to think of those two guys coming in and, and getting that same, basically, apprenticeship. Yeah. I, when you brought that up, it made me think about this fact. Take Mike Vrabel out of this equation. When was the last time that you saw a – former Texans assistant get a a big a big job somewhere else. In fact, try and think of one in which it's not connected to Vrabel because Tim Kelly just took over as the offensive coordinator. I mean, a big, um, uh, so a former Texans assistant coach yeah. going to get a big job somewhere yeah. else? Well, has yeah. there, I mean, when was the last time a former Texans assistant got a head coaching job in the NFL? When was yeah. the last time you saw a position coach go become a coordinator? In the NFL, yeah, and I mean, uh, I mean, there's a, like George Godsey was a coordinator here, and then he was a co-coordinator, you know, and Tim right. Kelly, same thing. But those guys are coordinators who have become other coordinators, right? But yeah, I, yeah. The elevation from assistant coach to coordinator, I can't think of one, right? Uh, from Bill O'Brien on. And to my point, and to yeah. my point, and that is Kyle Shanahan understood that for his staff. To get the mo to get the most out of his staff, he had to have guys, and he wasn't scared of having guys in that in that coaching staff in that coaching office that he knew he was going to lose. He knew he would lose D'Amico Ryan's at some point. It didn't stop him. He kept bringing in guys that were going to be attractive to NFL teams, and so he was giving them pieces to be able to take to other NFL teams. 
And I love having that. And I hope that D'Amico Ryans thinks that same way. Because I'm not sure that every coach here in Houston is thought that way. I think that if D'Amico Ryans thinks that way, he's thinking of Bobby Slowick being a head coach at some point. He's thinking at Matt yeah. Burke being a head coach at some point. That a position coach that he added on staff like Gerard Johnson can end up being a hotly sought-after offensive coordinator at some point in the league, whether it's in Houston, and hopefully it is in Houston at some point, um, or otherwise. I don't know that that was always the case, but I feel like with D'Amico, that's what he was looking for, that that was maybe the one thing he took from Kyle maybe the most, and that is surround yourself with a staff that maybe you don't know everybody, and maybe you're not comfortable with everybody, but you know that guy's a good coach, a good teacher, and you know he's got a great future. Yeah. And you can be part of crafting that future going forward. And, oh, by the way, it makes the Texans greater. Obviously, the Texans will become much better at that point um, if you have those type of coaches in your stead. And I feel like hopefully that's what D'Amico is building with this staff. And I got that feel from Bobby Slowick and Matt Burke yesterday. I don't know if they become head coaches. I I don't know what the the future is. But when I thought about the staff and I thought about listening to them, I felt like that's what D'Amico was looking for were those kind of guys. And maybe you learned that from Kyle, or maybe that was just something you learned along the way. But it seems to go without saying, but I think we have to say it. You bring in great coaches that you know have futures because those guys are going to benefit your program and your organization. Hopefully that's what, what D'Amico and Nick Sarah have done. Well, and Bobby Sloak, I'd say one thing that I thought yesterday was I had seen previous interviews of them, and I hadn't really thought of him as a guy that was probably going to be thought of as head coach material. Um, yesterday, I thought he maybe looked a little bit more like a guy I could see become a head coach. Part of it is he's he's 35, but he's got a very boyish appearance and demeanor to him. Yes, yes. It might, it might be a matter of growing some facial hair at some point. <laughs> like, I feel like... He needs to have a couple good years as an offensive coordinator and then and then come in the next year with like a black goatee. Diet black, Greg Williams style. And uh and then he'll then he'll become a full full blown man. Facial hair. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't know what his facial grade will be at that point, but as long as Bobby Slug doesn't put mayonnaise in his coffee, I think he'll be okay. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.